Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this lesson from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from the Scriptures will equip and motivate you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. Sunday. Today we're going to be talking about giving our children back to God. It's a child slash baby dedication service that we're having today. And uh, it's good to have all the kids in here and uh, the ones that are usually in children's church. And some folks might say, well, doesn't it get noisy like that? That's okay. Listen, when we started this church 20 years ago, I know what it is to come into a building that's perfectly clean and really quiet because nobody's there, right? So whenever I hear noise, whenever the building gets dirty, in my heart, that's a good thing because I know we're using it for the glory of God and there's people that are here. And I've always told families my entire life, I guarantee you that I can preach louder than your baby can cry. Amen? So uh, I hope you're not distracted by the kids in here today. It's a wonderful thing. We need to be intentional about passing our faith, the Word of God, to the next generation. So I'm certainly okay with the kids being in here today. And if any of you mothers need to get up and go outside or whatever with your children, that's okay. I know we used to do that all the time with our kids. We raised our kids without a nursery. And you can do that. Hello? It's okay. Uh, but anyway, it's good to see you here today. Today we're going to be talking about giving our children back to the Lord. And, and um, I'm going to try to uh, not keep you too long with the message because we're going to do some important stuff here at the end of the service. And so uh, we're real excited about that. I want to welcome all of our guests and grandparents and parents and those that are coming just for this special event today. Uh, so thank you for your support to your family and your children and your grandchildren, and that means a lot to each and every one. So thank you for being here. Why don't we pray together, and then I'll get right into the message today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for the Word of God. We know your Word teaches that it's spiritually discerned. And my prayer is that the Holy Spirit of God would take the Word of God and make us all more like the Son of God. Lord, I pray that your Word would transform our lives today. For those of us that know you as our personal Savior, I pray that we would hear something today that would draw us closer to you, uh, that would help us in this journey of faith, uh, that would grow us in our faith and our wisdom and knowledge of you and our love for you. If there's one here today that does not know you as their personal Savior, my prayer is always that today would be the day of salvation. Today they would open their heart's door and they would receive you the Lord Jesus Christ, as their personal Savior. Encourage that one that's discouraged. Maybe there's a child of God here that's drifted afar from you. I pray you'd finger around in that heart and bring that prodigal back home and they rededicate their life to you today. Reach and touch and minister to every single person under the sound of my voice, whether they're sitting here in this auditorium or whether they're listening live online through our streaming efforts. We pray, God, that you speak to the hearts of everyone that hears this message today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Giving your children back to God. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever done that? 
Have you ever given your children back to the Lord? Well, you may be thinking, I didn't know I could do that, right? I didn't know I could package them up and send them back. I didn't know God was giving a refund. Oh, that's not the kind of giving kids back to the Lord that I'm talking about today. But I guarantee you that every single one of us have, as parents, we have come to that place in our life where, man, we just want to give that child back to God, right? Every parent has, has been there. But I'm talking in the spiritual sense. Have you given your children back to the Lord? There was one young couple that said, Pastor, we have zero kids, but we have three theories about raising children. Have you met those people? Have you met those? Pastor, we have zero kids, but we've got three foundational theories about raising kids. I've met those folks, have you not? But funny thing is, that same individual came back to me and said, you know, Pastor, we now have three kids and zero theories. <laughs> Listen, life has a way of kind of changing you, does it not? I mean, once you've been there, done that, got the t-shirt, had the experience, you get a little bit of wisdom, a little bit of knowledge, and you know a little bit better how to move forward. But primarily what I'm asking you, whenever I give the statement, are you giving your children back to God? I want you to recognize something. Whenever we're giving our children back to God, the first thing I want you to do is recognize. I want you to recognize that your children are a precious gift from the Lord to you. Amen? Your children are a precious gift from the Lord to you. There's something else I want you to recognize as well. I want you to recognize that they ultimately belong to God first. And not to you. Right? These are his children. We are just stewards. Now, for 20 years we've been preaching this stewardship message. And trying to get every single one of us to understand that in the Christian faith, we are just managers. And by the way, there's four words that I always use here at Victory Church whenever we talk about the the doctrine of stewardship. And it starts with God. I want you to finish it for me. We're talking about stewardship. And in that, God... Say it again loud. God, God owns it all. Everything belongs to God. I am just a steward. I am just a manager of what God places in my care for this short time that I'm on this earth. And one day I will give an account to God on how I manage the resources, the people, all the stuff that he owns, that he put in my care. I'm going to give an account how I manage that for him. But you guys, you know something? You're going to give that same account. So I want you to recognize that your children are a precious gift. I mean, I want you to look at those babies you're holding in your arms. I want you to look at that child that's sitting next to you. If you have adult children in the room, I want you to look at them. If you have grandchildren, look at them and realize that life is a precious gift from God. I've always told you, and I believe this with all of my heart, there may be some accidental parents, but there are no accidental children. Say amen. There's no accidental children. I don't care how a child was conceived. God has a plan and a purpose for every single child, and we bring that out of Jeremiah and many other verses of Scripture. But I believe God... When he breathed life into the nostrils of Adam and Eve at the very beginning, I believe he ordains all of life. And that's why we need to fight for it, even in the mother's womb. 
Amen? I know that's not politically correct today, but life is from God. And I want you to understand that our children are a precious gift. So I want you to recognize that. The second thing I want you to do, or come, I want to ask you, is have you released it? Have you released ownership of your children to the Lord? Understanding that God is responsible for the way they are designed and already knows the plan and the purpose that he has for your children. So have you released ownership? I remember, and I've shared with you this many times, our children were really, really small. We ran a missions conference. And I remember at that invitation, my wife and I went up and we walked up there. And we dedicated our children to the Lord when they were infants. This is a little bit later, a few years later, and they were both small children. And I remember we went to the altar and we, we knelt at that altar at that mission conference. And we said, God, these children are yours. Help us to be godly parents. Help them to teach us, teach them about you. But God, I want my kids to be in the center of your will. And get this, mom and dad. This is what we prayed. I want my kids to be in the center of God's, God's will. And God, if them being in the center of your will means that they're going to live halfway around the world doing something else and some other whatever it is, but they're in the center of your God's will, God, I want them to live halfway around the world Then I do want, th- want them to live next door to me and be out of the center of God's will. Why? Because we came to the realization that our children belong to God. And He's called them. And He wants to use them. And He has a plan and a purpose for them. So we've got to recognize our children are a gift from the Lord. We've got to release ownership of our children to Him. And then we've got to realize something. What are we going to realize? Here's what I want you to realize. Realize that God has left it up to you to show them His way. God has left it up to you to show them His way. If we just start unpacking those three things, I think we'll have a lot to chew on. But that's just my introduction. I want to ask you, have you given your children back to God? Have you done that? Now, you may not be taking part in this dedication service today. Well, that doesn't mean this message is not for you. This message is for every single one of us. Let me give you a few biblical examples of parents who gave their children back to God. The most classic example is 1 Samuel. The most classic example is Hannah. When she gave her son back to the Lord, gave her son Samuel back to the Lord. And in 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 27, Hannah says this. She said, I asked the Lord to give me this child and he's given me my request. Verse 28, now I'm giving him to the Lord and he will belong to the Lord his whole life and they worship the Lord there. So Hannah did a beautiful act of worship and she brought young boy Samuel back to the temple and she worshiped and she left him there. Now today, you're actually doing that. You're bringing your child to the local church and you're, in theory, giving that child back to the Lord. But here's the thing. You don't get to leave them here. You got to take them home with you. Right? You're not going to do exactly what Hannah did. You have to take them back home with you. But what a wonderful, beautiful picture of a mother who prayed for a son and God blessed her with that son and she gave that son back to the Lord. Another example is Joseph and Mary, the parents of Jesus. 
In Luke chapter 2, in verse number 22, you'll find that about his eighth day of, after he was circumcised, they brought him to the church, they brought him to the temple, if you will, and there they, in essence, presented him back to God. But there is another parent here, Abraham. You know this story over in Genesis chapter number 22. Here's the great example of a parent surrendering his child to God. And that parent is Abraham on Mount Moriah. And I want to unpack that a little bit today whenever we think about this parent and what he did with his son in a beautiful act of worship of giving his son back to the Lord. I want us to read Genesis chapter 22, and I'm going to read verse 1 down through verse number 13. Scripture says later on, God tested Abraham's faith and obedience. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied. Here I am. Take your son, your only son. Yes, Isaac, whom you love so much. Everybody say that phrase. Whom you love so much. Say it again. Whom you love so much. Did Abraham love this boy? Yeah. But he loved God more. Let me ask you a question. Do you love your child? And I know you do. Do you love God more? I hope you do. Because that's what it's going to take as a parent, as a godly parent. You've got to love the Lord more. And he loved this one so much. And he said, go to the land of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountains while I will point out which I will point out to you. Verse 3. The next morning Abraham got up early and he saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him along with his son Isaac. And then he chopped wood to build a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place where God had told him to go. On the third day of the journey, Abraham saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the young men. The boy and I will travel a little further. We will worship there. Then we will come right back. Now that i got a whole message about we will come right back. And I'm not going to unpack that today. But I can't help and stop and think that God, that Abraham knew that God was going to provide for him on Mount Moriah. What a great line that is. He said, we will come right back. Verse 6, Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders. And while he himself carried the knife in the fire, as the two men went on together, Isaac said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, We have the wood and the fire, said the boy. But where is the lamb for the sacrifice? Verse 8, this is what I want you to know. It's true in your life. It was true in Abraham's life then. It's true in your life now. Let's read this together. God will provide. Stop right there. Read it again. God will provide. Just as that was true for Abraham, church, I want you to know that's true for you today. We serve a God who has promised that he will provide for us. And he's telling his son in verse number 8, God will provide a lamb, my son, Abraham answered. And they both went on together. And when they arrived at the place where God had told Abraham to go, he built an altar and he placed the wood on it. And then he did probably the hardest thing that he's ever done as a parent. Look what he did. Then he tied Isaac up and he laid him on the altar over the wood. Verse 10. And Abraham took the knife and lifted it up to kill his son as a sacrifice to the Lord. And at that moment, at what moment? At that moment of obedience. At that moment. Are you being obedient? Are you obeying the commands of God? The entire word of God. 
Obedience is better than sacrifice. Are we being obedient? And here Abraham showed God that he was going to be obedient to God, that he loved God more than he loved his own son Isaac. He was going to be obedient. And God stopped him right there in that moment. What a great passage of Scripture. And Abraham took the knife, lifted it up to kill his son as a sacrifice to the Lord. Verse 11, at that moment the angel of the Lord shouted to him from heaven. Abraham, Abraham. Yes, he answered. I'm listening. Lay down the knife, the angel said. Do not hurt the boy in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. Now that word fear doesn't mean like he's afraid of God. It means he has tremendous respect for the things of God and the word of God. That he's going to be obedient to God. And God said, I know that now that you truly fear God. And you have not withheld even your beloved son from me. Verse 13, then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a bush. And so he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering on the altar in place of his son. What a beautiful story. What a beautiful story. Abraham literally, totally, irrevocably gave Isaac back to God. That had to be one of the hardest, most painful things that Abraham had ever done, especially as a parent. Why? Because he loved his son, Isaac. Now, folks, let me tell you something. Do you know that the very best thing that Abraham ever did for Isaac was to tie him to that altar and surrender him back to God? You think of all the wonderful things that a father would do for his son. I'm sure Abraham did all those things. But the best thing that he ever did for his son was to tie him up and lay him on that altar and draw that knife back to sacrifice him to God in pure obedience and respect and love for God. Why is that? Because Abraham was obedient. Now Isaac is going to be the beneficiary of all the blessings that flows from God through Abraham down through Isaac. Now here's something I want you to know. Get this now. Let's just think this through. Had Abraham refused, everybody say refused, because we're thinking on that line of thought right now. Let's just say Abraham got the command from God. He said, there is no way, God, I'm going to do that. I'm going to refuse to do that. Had Abraham refused to give Isaac back to God, he would have, everybody say forfeited. He would have forfeited all of God's promises and all of God's plans for Isaac. Had he just refused. Right? However... Because Abraham obeyed, everybody say obeyed, and gave Isaac back to God, Isaac now received the what? Everybody say fullness. The fullness of God's best plan and promises for his life. Think about that. Let that sink in. Had Abraham refused... Isaac would have lived and died in obscurity, probably a nomad, a nobody, 
But because Abraham obeyed, Isaac became a wealthy man. Isaac became a forefather of God's very own son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Isaac's life is still having an impact on and a blessing to millions of people worldwide through the offspring of Jesus Christ that came through his lineage. All because Abraham obeyed. Are we being obedient? So therefore today we need to learn a few things about Abraham. If we refuse and we fail to give our children back to God, we then are forfeiting God's best plan and purpose for our children's life. If we entrust our children back to God, then I want you to know we are securing them with the covenant of God's best and God's best purpose and God's best plan for their life. So real quickly, and I can't, I could preach on this for hours, but let me give you four things about giving your children back to God. Number one, jot this down. When we give our children back to God, what we're doing, we are making a confirmation. And that confirmation is that we are confirming our love for God. When you, parents, are dedicating your children to the Lord and you're giving your children back to the Lord, what you're doing, you are confirming your love to God. Now, your child is the most prized possession. But I want, you, I want to tell you something. Don't allow Parents, look at me now. Do not allow your children to take the place of God in your life. Amen? God is first. He will share that with no one. Not even your children. Right? You must confirm your love to God. Matthew 10, 37 and 38. Says, if you love your father and mother more than you love me, you're not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or your daughter more than me, you're not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of being mine. Abraham loved God above the most prized treasure of his life, and that being his son Isaac. So, guys, I want you to love God first. He's got to have first place in your life, even as a parent. And I know you're holding that precious child, and you think, really? Yes. He must come first. If you want the best for your child, loving God must come first in your life. So you've got to confirm that. Number two, there's got to be a clarification of ownership. Giving your child to God is a clarification of ownership. When you give that child back to God, you are openly declaring that this child is a gift from God. You are openly declaring that this child does not really belong to me. I'm just here to teach and train and equip this child in the ways of the Lord. This child ultimately belongs to God. Amen? That's what you're declaring. And that's the clarification that needs to take place in our lives. Psalm 127 and verse number 3. Scripture says that children are a gift from the Lord. They are reward from Him. So we got to take care of those children, and there needs to be the clarification of ownership. Number three, let's jump to this one. Not only the clarification, but now the commitment. Now the commitment has got to be there, that we're going to raise this child, our children, in the ways of the Lord. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 4. It says, Now a word to you fathers, don't make your children angry by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and the instruction approved by the Lord. Guys, I want you to know something today. What we're going to do here in just a moment 
It's so much more than just the ceremony. It's a commitment. I mean, this is real stuff. You're doing business with a holy God today. You're declaring and confirming your love for Him. You're clarifying ownership that He owns this child. I'm just a manager. And now you're committing yourself to raise this child in the ways of the Lord. You're going to commit today that you're going to be a godly parent. You're going to commit today that you're going to teach this child about the Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to commit today that you're going to keep this child in church. Whatever that requires of you, you're going to be sure that this child is in church. You're going to love this child. You're going to pray for this child. You're going to train this child. And then you yourself are going to live a righteous life so you can be an example for that child to look at and be a reflection of what the Scripture teaches by the way you live your life. Moms and dads and grandparents, are we doing that? Could we say that our life is a model of what God is teaching us in His Word? I realize you can't do that apart from the empowerment of the Holy Spirit of God. The flesh can't do that. But we need to be striving every single day to be holy people. Say amen or oh me. I can't tell if you're out there or not. We need to be striving every single day to be holy parents. Live a righteous life. Some people see baby dedication as a magical ceremony. Let me tell you. This ceremony means absolutely nothing. This ceremony means zero if you parents are not making a sincere, lifelong commitment to raise this child in the ways of the Lord. Amen? Right? You know what you need to do? You need to purpose in your heart right now that you're going to be like Joshua. I love that passage of Scripture over in Joshua 24 in verse 14 and following. Joshua said this. He said, So honor the Lord and serve Him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But verse number 15, he makes the declaration. But if you are willing to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose lands you now live? And guys, we're living in a pagan land today. I realize that the wonderful United States of America that I love, and I promise you I'm as patriotic as anybody is today, but we have gotten so far away from our Christian values and principles as a nation Christianity nowadays seems like it is the minority. There's a lot of pagan gods out there that our world is worshiping. And I'm not going to start listing them because I may miss one. And someone under the sound of my voice say, well, he didn't name that one, so I must be okay. No, there's only one God. Amen? And there's only, as the band sang, and I got so excited about it, and Tyler was leading us in worship, there's only one name that saves. There's only one name that's above all names. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Joshua said, but as for me, he made a deck. He said, I don't care what you're going to do. you got to make a decision. But as for me, in my house, finish it for me. We will. Mm. (laughs) Mom, dad, that's where you need to get. 
You guys go out there and do whatever it is you want to do. I would rather you follow Jesus, obviously. But I can't make you do anything. But I tell you what, as for me, as for my house, we will serve the Lord. And when you make that declaration, you better get ready for the test. Because God, because He loves you, not so much always from Satan attacking you. Satan attacks us to tempt us to sin. God never tempts you to sin. Right? Satan will attack us to tempt us to sin. God, on the other hand, will test us. Do you think what he did with Abraham on Mount Moriah was a test? Sure it was. He wanted to see if Abraham really loved him and if he would be obedient. So once you make the declaration, as for me, in my house, I can't... Listen, I live at 617 North Market Street, Mascuda, Illinois, 62258. That's where I I dwell. That's the Cannon Homestead. It's not much, but bless God, it's what God blessed me with. That's where it is. And I promise you, within the perimeters of that piece of property and that house, there has been a declaration already made that as for this household... We will serve the Lord. I can't control what the neighbors do. I can't make that statement for the neighbors down the street, nor can I make that statement for you. But I can make it as for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. Parents, have you made that declaration? Have you made that commitment that you are going to serve the Lord? And that's the commitment, really, that God is looking for. Last one, and I'm done. Giving your children back to God means claiming God's plan and God's promise for that child. And we see that in Genesis 22 and 15 and following. Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven and said, This is what the Lord says, Because you have obeyed me and not withheld even your beloved son, I swear by my own self that I will bless you richly. I will multiply your descendants into countless millions like the stars of the sky and the sand on the seashore. And they, who's he talking about? Your descendants, Abraham. They will conquer their enemies. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. All because of what? You obeyed me. Guys, that's what a baby dedication is all about. It's getting to the place where we're going to claim God's best. We're going to claim His promises. We're going to claim His plans for our children. And that requires us making the commitment and the dedication and the declaration that we're going to serve the Lord and we love God above anything else. These children are His and we want to raise them in the ways of the Lord. Let me leave you one last verse of Scripture and I'm done. Proverbs 22 and verse number 6. This is a fantastic verse of Scripture. It says, train a child in the way, what's the next word? He should go. Train a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not turn from it. We need to be training our children in the ways of the Lord. But understand something. God wants us to train that one child in the way that he should go so that God can use that child to fulfill his plan and purpose that he birthed that child into the world for. 
Now, we all understand we're going to train all our children in the doctrine of the Word of God, right? In the Christian faith, we're going to train all of our children in the doctrine and the principles of the Word of God. That doesn't change. But guys, you realize that all of us are unique, that we all have different DNA, that God, when He made you, yes, He did break the mold. There's not another one like you out there. You may think there is, and someone may think, boy, I saw your twin, but in reality, you did not. When God made you, He broke the mold. I think that's amazing. There's not another thumbprint out there like the thumbprint of John Cannon. Why? Because God made me so, God loved me so much that He made me unique. And what I'm saying is this. You can't put a cookie cutter stamp on all of your children and declare that they're all going to do and look like this. Right? You can't. You gotta train that child in the way he should go. Now that's gonna take prayer. That's gonna take commitment. That's gonna take wisdom and knowledge. You're gonna to have to understand that child. You're gonna to have to figure out and help them figure out their spiritual gifts and their abilities and their talents and how God has put them together and what they're gifted in and help them use all of that for the glory of God. Just like Dr. Reuben. He and his family are in the medical profession. I can't do that. (laughs) Thank God for those in the medical field. You show me blood? Mm -mm. I'm of no use whatsoever. None. We were playing softball several years ago, and Brad was on first base, I believe it was, and and, uh, he dislocated his shoulder. I was pitching. He dislocated his shoulder. This is a church softball team. And dislocated, Tracy Lauderdale went over there. I said, what's going on? Oh, he dislocated his shoulder. Let me put it back in. Mm-mm. I'm going to third base. I went to third and I said, I'll pray over here while y'all get that taken care of. Right? I don't do disjointed stuff. I don't even look at those images. My family be sitting around the table and they all love the medical field and then kind of in that and what have you. And they'll look at, no, don't even show it to me. I don't want to see it. No. Don't even talk about it, right? I'm not that guy. Thank God there are those. Why? Because I wasn't, God didn't create me to get into that field. That's not who I am. My point is, realize that your child is a gift from God. God has a plan and a purpose for that child. Help that child surrender, first of all, the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And then not only look to Jesus as their Savior, but also look to Jesus as their Lord and allow them to surrender their own life to Him so that they will follow Him where He may lead them. And then you embrace that and you help that and you pray about that and you coach that and you give counsel so that child is following the plan and purpose that God has for their life. Does that make sense? Does that make sense, church? That's what we are to be doing in giving our children back to the Lord. Well, thank you for joining us for this lesson from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with, or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360, or you can email us at victoryfwb at gmail.com. 
If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email, call, or send a request to 223 Scott Troy Road, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.